0: Hey there, good morning to me. (laughs) I wasn't planning on doing this this morning, but yet here I am, sipping coffee. This is going to be, I'm just, my mind is still like reeling with this news that I have to share that is just, and it's one of those things where you read these and you hear these and you learn these and you're thinking, everybody, everybody, we gotta get up, we gotta get up right now, we've gotta, we've gotta go outside, we've gotta, you know, yeah, you, you think about, like, I was trying to compare, like, what does this must feel like, and I'm thinking it's gotta be, like, that movie with Peter Bronson, where there's, like, an inch of ash everywhere, and they're like, yeah, I'm pretty sure that volcano's actually gonna blow, I believe you, scientists, thanks for telling me that last week, or, you know, like the day after tomorrow where they're like, yep, yeah, yeah, you might want to do that. Um, anyway, that's how I feel. I'm like, everybody get out, get out. But I don't mean get out, I mean get up. Like, let's get up, come on, get up, get up. Pay attention, pay attention. Please. It's it's like for the... I, I feel like... I, I I. don't know what else to say. I, I really do believe our country... Our when, when I say our country, I mean like our country is at stake. Like, all of it. And I'm not even going to go... Like, this has nothing to do with anything that you guys are going to think I'm going to try and do right now. It's bigger than that. So, you know how, like, you've got your Hollywood elitists, you know, they're the ones that are making the top 1% of wealth. And then you've got your political elitists, they're the ones making the top 1% of all the wealth. And you're wondering, like, hey, how do you become a voted public servant They make all that money, but they live like celebrities. So, the next is people that are just really, 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 really rich, and that's where you, like, your top 1% due to workforce, which would be, like, your Apples and your Bill Gates and your Oprahs and all the people. Well, I mean, I guess she's now more Hollywood. She's... I don't know where she's at. But anyway, you know what I'm saying? It's like even Trump would go into that category. Ah, I didn't mean to say that name. It always triggers people. Um, Anyway, you've got these, these big three groups here. You've got your political elite top 1%, Hollywood top 1%, everything else, workforce 1%. CEOs, let's do that. Executives. Listen to the story of this capitalist. I've been hearing this company lately called BlackRock. Which I figure, you know, it's one of those old companies up there that are all up there. You know, the IEGs and the Goldman Sachs and the all that stuff, you know, the big, big wigs, and I was like, you hear it, and you don't, you're like, you know, you you disregard it, because you're like, I don't recognize, it's like, oh, yeah, it's one of those companies, and then you actually hear it being explained in a more simpler way. And it reignited a concern, a concern that I can't even talk about today. A concern that I had talked about a year ago, and perhaps I am not making, or I thought I was not making any progress. Where in my uh, professional life, which happens to be in executive, but not at those levels at all. It's more you know like middle America uh area of that kind but still all in all it's pretty it's you're still playing the exact same rules and game it's almost like i'm not in the nba but i'm in college ball that's how i would look at it but i've advocated many a time that when we make sure we're doing all of our cra investments that we're not applying it to any type of development companies that are wanting to build rental facilities instead of trying to encourage single home ownership and the idea of having that pride of ownership because that's what helps change people for the better so that they have something they belong to. If you rent, you never really own anything. It's just always waiting you know, for the next shoe to drop. So ownership is is a very key, important thing I'm very passionate about because I believe everyone... That is an American citizen, I don't even take, take American even out of that. Any human in our world deserves the right to have love and be loved, whatever that may be, to have children or not, depending on how they feel they want, a safe, secure home that they own or are owning, that is, you know, their name is on that deed. And what is wrong with that why couldn't we just make it that simple oh and that they're not hungry we know that money is being funneled and funneled and funneled and we're just like okay I trust them they tell us so everyone tells us so they all tell us so Hollywood tells us so CEOs tell us so Political people tell us so, and we say, okay, we 99% appreciate you, thank you, here's my check, enjoy. And BlackRock, oh my god. Anyway, if you can't tell, I'm a big Habitat for Humanity supporter. Best program ever. Volunteers build homes for those that have decent credit, have had steady work, and are willing to put 300 hours of sweat equity into the project or another project similar to it and the mortgage is based on their income it is a zero percent mortgage and if and when the house appraises above and beyond what they can afford which it does because our markets are stupid right now i mean come on guys this is stupid how are we ever going to maintain this my gosh my taxes are so high and then i feel bad for the people in the city People that have owned their homes outright for years and are now retired are having to leave their homes and move out farther away from the places that can support them. I mean, you all hear it on the news, 90% of the people getting the vaccines are within three miles of the pharmacies. Well, they're moving out because they can't afford the taxes on their Social Security that they thought they could live on because they had no bills. It's sad, guys. They're pushing everyone out and they end up getting into rental and assisted living. And you know what's happening when that's happening? And even more so in other ways? There's a company called BlackRock. And they're buying up, in some places, communities. and they are re they're letting all their investment people flow through them. See, they're an investment management company, so they flow it all through. So they help their investors buy up real estate to the tune of they're the global leader with I, I got to quote this cuz I don't want to misspeak. But they're the largest, they're a trillion dollar company of assets and management 8.6 trillion in assets under management so this is not a conspiracy theory folks and I think we should get rid of that word I don't know if you've researched it or heard about it but it's specifically designed so that when people have radical ideas that are based on a plausible hypothesis with facts building up to that It shouldn't stop if the case is proven worthy of investigation. Can we all agree on that? I mean, I know that you can watch ID Discovery and binge it for days and still never find Sasquatch or understand what the aliens are doing, especially the ancient ones, but I'm talking about real life, real humans the real 1%, the same Hollywood actors who portray them in the films that make us think they're the most horrendous people in the world are all real. Those movies are usually based on facts. We also like to get our ID discovery and listen to a little bit of things that are people doing that are like, I cannot believe that's possible. We realize evil exists we realize that people are bad. Jeffrey Epstein, Harvey Weinstein, Bill Cosby, R. Kelly, um, and all the people that let themselves make money off of their branded platforms, knowingly understanding that this is occurring, which that goes across politicians, CEOs, and celebrities. Just look at the flight logs. They all play in the same parks at the same games. That's why they're always in the front row seats of the sports events. And they're always in the front row seats of the award ceremonies. And they always get invited to the White House. You guys, they're above us. They're in their own little world. So don't think this isn't above them. To research this and look for yourself and say, Oh my gosh, this is happening on our watch, on our dime. And we're like, okay, that's cool. Keep on. We're keeping on, rich folk. I'm just hanging on and clinging to what's mine because it's too big of a problem and we don't know what to do. Well, we need to do something. And I'm not talking physical violence. I'm so sick of this rioting bullshit. Oh, my God. Can we please admit that it's happening everywhere and we're all looking away like, oh, that's cute. They're burning down that city. Hmm. No. It's stupid insurance is going to pay for it taxes are going to pay for it we're we're paying for that that's a, that's i'm paying for that knock your shit off sit down and have some rational conversations and may the best idea win i'd say let's vote on it but i can't even say that anymore all right maybe we should break down and order facebook and apple to do some type of subpoenaed, top trusted advisors, panel of some type of review of their analytics, even though you know they share them anyway, that's how they know how to turn votes. It's so stupid. Everything is so corrupt, guys. They're all in it together and the world is overpopulated and they're trying to fix it. Don't you see? I just want to cry. that's what China did that's why they're under communist rule communist rule just means that we're better than you and you are my workers like it and here's a little taste of freedom every now and then with a chocolate pie and a video we have had at least four genocides in our last 30 years of earth at least four And that's not counting the daily killings that exist anyway. Add them up. But I'm talking about actual breakdown wars where hundreds of thousands ended up massacred within a a period of time. And they're getting ready to do it again. Tis the, the new order that we are back into where all these occur. And if you don't believe me, look up every genocide and see who was helping with America at the time. Okay. Please trust me. Just look before we can't look anymore. I'm not paranoid. I'm going to read you this Blackrock, okay? I want you to tell me what you think. Lawrence Douglas Fink is an American billionaire. I'm just going to grab pieces and parts. I don't and Believe me, this is Wikipedia, guys. I know that we've found falsified information, but because it's a user group, they're saying no. So just listen to this, okay? It's still more truthful than what most is out there. <sighs> Lawrence Fink is an American businessman, billionaire. He is the chairman and CEO of BlackRock, an American multinational investment management corporation. BlackRock is the largest money management firm in the world with more than $8.6 trillion in assets under management. Sorry. In April of 18, Fink's net worth was a billion. He lives in Los Angeles. Um, he was born in 1952. Uh, this is irrelevant, but he grew up in a Jewish family in Van Nuys, California. His mother was an English professor. His father owned a shoe store. He earned a B.A. in political science from UCLA in 74. He's a member of the Kappa Beta Phi. He got an MBA in real estate in a UCLA Anderson Graduate School of Management in 76. Fink started his career in 76 in First Boston, New York Investment Bank. Eventually taking charge of First Boston's bond department, Fink was instrumental in the creation and development of the mortgage-backed security market in the United States. At first... In Boston, Fink was a member of the Management Committee, a managing director and co-head of the Taxable Fixed Income Division that he also started the Financial Futures and Options Department and headed the Mortgage and Real Estate Products Group. Fink added as much as $1 billion to First Boston's bottom line. He was successful at the bank until 1986, when his department lost $100 million due to the incorrect prediction of interest rates. That experience influenced his decision to start a company that would invest clients' money, while also incorporating comprehensive risk management. (laughs) In 88, under the corporate umbrella of the Blackstone Group, Fink co-founded BlackRock and became its director and CEO. When BlackRock split from Blackstone in 94, Fink retained his positions, which he continued to hold after BlackRock became more independent in 98. Again, guys. Look at calendars and aligned dates. His other positions at the company have included chairman of the board, Chairman of the Executive Leadership Committees, blah, blah blah blah. Okay. They went public in ninety-nine. BlackRock is the largest investment in fossil fuels on Earth, playing so central a role in financing climate change that is it is the subject of the BlackRock's big problem campaign by inven- environmental groups like the Sierra Club. BlackRock is also a major investor in military weapons. One of BlackRock's exchange traded funds, ETFs, is the iShare's US space aerospace. U.S. Aerospace and Defense ETF, which is exchange-traded funds, a fund for investors looking to support companies like Northrop Grumman, Lockheed Martin, key term there, and Raytheon. In 2003, Fink helped to negotiate the resignation of the CEO of the New York Stock Exchange, Richard Grasso, who was widely criticized for his $190 million pay package. In 2006... Think led the merger with Merrill Lynch Investment Managers, which doubled BlackRock's asset management portfolio. That same year, BlackRock's $5.4 billion purchase of Stuyvesant Town Peter Cooper Village, a Manhattan housing complex, became the largest residential real estate deal in the U.S. history. When the project ended in default, BlackRock clients lost their money, including, get this, the California pension and retirement system lost $500 million. That's a government system, folks. That's your pension and retirement system. Okay. Yeah, they lost $500 million of your dollars, but it's okay. It's fine. The US government contracted with BlackRock (laughs) to help them clean up the financial meltdown of 2008. Again, timelines folks. Although BlackRock is widely believed to have been the best choice for the cleanup job, Fink's long standing relationships with senior government officials have led to questions about potential conflict of interest regarding government contracts awarded Without competitive bidding. Which, by the way, in my company, we are federally regulated to always supply competitive bids. But anyways, sorry, I'll carry on. BlackRock's contract allowed Fink to cultivate relationships with Obama's first Treasury Secretary, Tim Geithner, and additional members of the Obama economic recovery team. And these are all cited, by the way. I'm reading literally verbatim from Wikipedia. In 2016, Fink hoped to become part of the federal government himself as Hillary Clinton's treasury secretary. At the same time, BlackRock hired many former executive branch appointees to its firm, including Cheryl Mills, Christopher Meade, Catherine Rosen, Michael Pyle, Corianne Stephenson, Gary Reeder, and Ken Wilson. This move strengthened BlackRock's revolving door with the federal government. In 2009, BlackRock purchased Barclays Global Investors, at which point the company became the largest money management firm in the world. Despite his great influence, Fink is not widely known publicly, apart from his regular appearances on CNBC. BlackRock paid Fink $23.6 million in 2010. By 2016, BlackRock had $5 trillion under management with 12,000 employees in 27 countries. In 2016, Fink received the A-B-A-N-A Achievement Award in New York City. It recognizes an individual who exemplifies outstanding leadership in banking and finance and has a commitment to positive professional cooperation between the U.S. and the Middle East and North Africa. You know, the great thing about the Middle East and North Africa is that's where a lot of the genocides have been happening lots of genocides and all that poppy that's growing for all the heroin it's like right there oh and then that doggone it that big pipeline they've been digging under Afghanistan for the last 20 years so they can route it up through back over to Russia oh I hope that's going well in those strong relationships while North Africans are murdering each other and cutting out their women's clitorises so that they can never enjoy an orgasm while they birth out babies That's if they don't steal their 8-year-olds and force them into heroin military where they have to kill people and cut their tits off. Yeah, that's true. Look it up, guys. Happening today. So, let's see what his community involvement is. Continue. Sorry, Heather. Got off on a tangent. (laughs) Fink serves on the Board of Trustees of New York University. Let's bring in education where he holds various chairmanships, including chair of the Financial Affairs Committee. He also co-chairs the NYU Langone Medical Center, Board of Trustees, and is a trustee of the Boys and Girls Club of New York. Fink is also on the board of the Robin Hood Foundation. Fink founded the Laurie and Lawrence Fink Center for Finance and Investments at UCLA Anderson, and in 2009, and he currently serves as chairman of the board. In December of 16, Fink joined a business forum assembled by then-president-elect Donald Trump to provide strategic and policy advice on economic issues. In his 2018 annual open letter to CEOs, he called for corporations to play an active role in improving the environment and working to better their communities and increasing the diversity of their workforces. This has been taken as evidence of a move by BlackRock. One of the largest public investors to proactively enforce these targets. Oh, he's starting to get back now. He's got to be friends with everybody. In the 2019 open letter, Fink said that companies and their CEOs must step into a leadership vacuum to tackle social and political issues when governments fail to address these issues. After the murder of Jamal, Ka- sorry guys, it's in here, Kashoggi. Fink, in October of 18 canceled plans to attend an investment conference in Saudi Arabia. In 2020 annual open letter, Fink announced environmental sustainability as core goal for BlackRock's future investment decisions. In this letter, he explained how climate will become a driver in economics, affecting all aspects of the economy. So have you noticed how he's changed his tune and become the good guy through this? What a good guy. He's saying all the right things. It's not looking like he's changing, yeah, see, he's not changing any of his companies or strategies with the weapons and the, huh, but he's telling everyone what they should do, okay? Does it say he donated anything? No, he didn't. He's just telling everyone else that that's what they should do. Okay, wait, wait, is that, did I read that right? I think I did, yeah. So, he says that he's going to cut ties with previous investments that involve thermal coal and other investments that have large environmental risk. He's for the environment. Aww. He's going to cut off the coal industries of America. But he's not going to cut off anything else. Okay, keep reading. Larry Fink is also longtime donor and supporter of the New York City Police Foundation, a group that provides financial support to the New York City Police Department. Okay, that's great. The nonprofit Color of Change called on Fink to divest from the New York City Police Foundation in the wake of the murder of George Floyd and subsequent nationwide. Pro- oh, so they told him to just defund that. Okay. Doesn't say if he did or not, folks. Oh. He has been married to his wife since the mid-70s. They have homes in Manhattan, North Salem, New York, and Colorado. They have three children. Their eldest is a CEO of Enso Capital, a now defunct hedge fund. Hmm. Fink had a stake in that. Oh, it says that Fink is a lifelong supporter of the Democratic Party a good guy. In 2018, his annual letter to shareholders, Fink stated that other companies should be aware of their impact on society. However, anti-war organizations are discontent with Fink's statement because his company, BlackRock, is the largest investor in weapons manufacturing through its U.S. Aerospace and defense contract. In September of 2018, so that would be the MIC folks, the military industrialized complex. In September of 2018, an activist with the US nonprofit organization Code Pink confronted Fink on stage at the Yahoo Finance All Market Summit. This guy's got a lot of awards. Charles Schwab gave him the financial innovation. I mean, he's a financial genius, guys. This is what happens when you use your, your powers for evil. But anyway, I this is just one, guys. This is just one. But you know what this guy's doing? He's helping the rich buy up all of our real estate and converting them into rentals. He is helping other countries fund investments into weapons manufacturing. See, this is what happens. He's the funnel, guys. He chooses where to put your money to get you the best return on your investment. It's like... So... He's not really using his money to fund all these things in the company. He's letting other people do it to get the return on the investment because it's all up there. So they're all just rich making richer, richer. But the things that that are getting done, guys, this is the stuff that's hurting us in the long run. And it's all funneled through government contracts that we pay government to do. So we're losing ownership of land okay, and property. We'll never buy them out. How would you ever buy that out? How would you ever be able to take that? Taxes are going up so high. Even if you had the ownership outright, you can't afford the taxes to stay there. You're forced out. Senior communities, boom, gone. Put them in a little high-rise, 55-plus income. Write it off as a CRA credit. Everybody's happy. Everybody wins. Go capitalism. But you you guys do see what I'm saying though, right? You, you see that I just said a capitalistic Democrat. So we have capitalism Democrats. Hello. They didn't get there because they showed up on the top of the mountain, folks. Can we all agree? Can we all agree? That if you... Look at the divisions that were caused to create genocides of regular people killing regular people that they once knew as neighbors in the same shopping plazas, but hated each other so much that the war happened or just had a government militia that was so corrupt and ballsy and knows that no one can touch them they did it themselves or they allowed guerrilla people to form militias like cartels and all those kinds of things and then just let them run run amok untouchable you're on your own folks you know what that means that means no no police protection no security and everything's corrupt and people will murder you for whatever they want to take because your life no longer matters and that's okay that is happening right now and now it's more aware than ever because we have been so kind we are so kind guys forgiving you know, let that slide, let that slide, you know. Oh well, you know, he we we make so much justifications for these these poor rich people that just made mistakes that you know took our money or messed things up, you know, it's okay. Oh, you you spent all of our social security savings and didn't ask? Oh. You mean I might not get mine because you guys used it all already and it's gonna run out? I, th- I thought you were saving it for me. That's why you take it cuz you put it in that fund. Uh, okay. I guess I better get a 401k to back myself up and protect myself cuz I don't I don't know what else might happen, you know. Oh, I, I can't I'm so busy cuz I got to work so hard and I got you know, it's a we're a full working family now if we we're even a family cuz you know we ha- we started with you know single moms we used to penalize them if, if there was ever a guy in the in that place cuz we need you to just be single and strong nobody needs dads anyway right you can walk away you'll still get visitation or the vice versa look i'm not picking gender here i'm just saying we've we've made it quite acceptable in america and i know by watching my second season of unexpected and all the teen moms and uh just american general Maury Povich, how or uh, jerry whatever springer like rappers <laughs> yeah I got nine kids what the fuck anyway um We've made it acceptable that we don't have to be responsible for that kind of stuff. It's it's so funny how we pick, like, which societal things are acceptable. Like, I don't know. Oh, I could get down a rabbit hole with all this stuff. Whew. We accept it. We have watched enough movies and read enough headlines and had enough water cooler fodder and podcasts to know that, um, you could get kidnapped. You could get raped. You could get attacked. Uh, your kids could get stolen and sold into sex trafficking rings, um... You could just have anything happen at any time, really. I mean, and now, hell, it, it's going to be even worse. You know, whether you th- think the reason why you want a wall or you don't want a wall is, uh, <laughs> it's funny how we make it the wall, meaning you can't come in. No, Think about this, guys. This is why I laugh at how trusting we are that we are not putting thoughts together in a common way to ask ourselves this. So, all right, here's, here's, my, here's my thing on the wall. If you need to go to a concert and a hockey game or a Basketball game or any large, you know, did you get your tickets kind of event? You're waiting in line. Sometimes there's gates because you can't get in. You got to get access to get in. And they have to verify that you have the right things to do to get in or you don't get in. And I'm not saying you got to. Buy a ticket. I'm saying you got to wait in line. You got to process it. You got to make sure that this is what you're supposed to be doing. Correct? Because the way I'm taking it as is whether you got a ticket or not, we're not going to put anything out here to prevent you for it, and whoever shows up shows up. I call that Black Friday. That's what I call that. And. You all are saying you want Black Friday every day. And let's, let's take it up a notch. Let's invite them all in, Black Fridays. While there are specific pockets in this place that are upheavaled and unturned and unfunded and perhaps on fire. Come on in. House is fine. Sure, we'll take guests. Okay. I always that's one of my things I always say at work. You know, when when I understand that there's something, you know, that with our structure or with our process or you know, with our implementation that's that's not right, we don't go public. Like we don't launch because I always say, you gotta clean your house before you have a party. You gotta clean that house before you have a party. And that's why I now look at America as a company and say, Guys, we got to clean the house before we have a party. And I'm not saying we don't deny the extreme cases in, but I'm saying right now we are letting in anyone and everything while using our heartstrings and our compassion to empathize over the children and the women. Okay? I am with you a hundred percent, hundred percent. I want you to know that in most cases, they are being forced, coerced, and abused to get over it. Okay? if you would just listen or read or even let me summarize it so you don't have to but trust that i am telling you what i have consumed in factual media that I, I know that's a funny oxymoron but in what is genuine testimony of people and has made airwaves to get to us and that is from national geographic to even i know even youtube but you know you feel authenticism versus acting. And when people are telling them what they've lived through and what they've gone through, it's heart-wrenching, and it's nothing more than to get out the truth. There are reporters out there that are still doing this and doing it well, and I commend them because it can't be safe. Truth is a commodity. Commodity. It is for sale. And I don't care what you have been persuaded to believe. I would really love everyone to just stop. Use today and the next several to just be curious, not furious, and take it in and breathe and relax and look out your windows and think of everything you're grateful for and what you miss you know I uh I I saw a kid on a bike yesterday and he was going by my house and I was just sitting on the front porch and I'm I'm just literally we have these little birdies that fell out of a nest and we were able to reconstruct the nest and hang it from this little feeder thing we had and scoop the babies back in and we've watched them and they flew away yesterday and this kid on a bike goes by and he's got this big speaker hanging on his bike handle, booming music. And I immediately went back to being a kid in Beach Bottom, West Virginia, walking the four and a half streets with my friends, carrying boom boxes, playing our tapes that we made because we would spend countless hours laying around talking, waiting for that song to come on the radio so that we could hit record and get it on our (laughs) mixtapes. We were something else, I'll tell you. We were were pretty cool. And I was like, oh my gosh. I have not seen that in 35 years. (laughs) And it just made me feel good, you know? My daughter Snapchat me and she had this big old scrunchie in her hair. And she said, my scrunchie's been the talk at work. And she had like three people tell her they loved her scrunchie. I was like, scrunchies? <laughs> we're going back. And we're not doing it. That's the cool thing about it. It's it's sad because here we are, guys. I I believe... I believe we are really sitting on a rumbling volcano. And I, those wisdom people, the smart people that made those statements of like, if anything was ever to happen to America, it would be from within. Yeah. Nine Eleven, yeah. Terrorist bombers. That are now free thanks to, their, pardon, by Clinton on the last day. She's now the CFO on the Ten Currents board, that funds the money through to Black Lives Matter. Okay, um, back to back to my emotional thing. Whew. Sorry, it's just so big, guys. It scares the shit out of me, and we we have to talk we have to make truths even if those truths are painful we have to create more truth instead of repeating consumed bias and I mean that for everyone that I love everyone because believe me evil is not a political party. The seven deadly sins, one is greed, and greed, my friends, is what has been slowly allowing more evil to lurk. Like lava pouring down the street, slowly, slowly, hasn't got to us yet. It's over in the center somewhere way over there. I just see bits and pieces of it on the news, but it's only what they want me to see. I know a lot of people fight about it. I don't want to fight. Oh, what's for dinner? Uh, oh, got a big day at work tomorrow. Kids game tonight? Yeah, okay. Oh dear. There's those people again doing those things. Aw, oh, did you hear about somebody's baby got took? Oh And did you hear another person's kid has autism? Oh, autism. How sad. I know that there are so many positive, beautiful, touching experiences and memories that have developed and come. From this new phenomena of disease that affects our children for the rest of their lives and the rest of everyone else's lives around them. Good, bad, or indifferent. I think of the children, the siblings. And that's where I get really sad. I mean, parents, uh, I don't even know. (laughs) But I've, over the years, experienced some families, and this is not just autism. This is any type of severity that has a lot of, Need in a way that's more than any one person could ever handle without a lot of support and a big system around them to help. I think that's all we can do now is support and assist and be there. I, I can't believe the cost. It's like, one... I believe we should figure out what the hell's causing this because something's causing this. I do not understand why we can't figure that out because we can figure out a lot of things. We can even figure out how to go to the moon and now we're going to do all this other shit. And we probably, again, conspiracy theory, I hate that theme. Because to me, these are plausible facts that need to be put together to do research to determine what the hell is really going on. It is in plain sight, it's right there, that pharmaceutical companies are big We, we We know it. We all know it. Everybody admits it on every single side. Big pharma and medical and insurance, all of that stuff is stacked up against us, and we all know it. We bankrupt ourselves for health insurance. I loved what the Dalai Lama said about how, and I'm paraphrasing, but you spend your entire life working to get money so that you can use that money to get your health back. Why? Because that's how we've been engineered. You know, we talk about the indoctrination of making our children believe things, which, by the way, guys, no way. We are a trusting people that we don't even know to have life-influential conversations with our children in mass without us being present or even listening to the context and allowing ourselves to justify it when 10 years ago, earmuffs, earmuffs, we didn't talk about that stuff with kids because you know why? They needed to be kids. They needed to be kids. And plausible idea worth investigating? Is it possible when we continue to hear about the in plain sight sex trafficking that goes on and we know that that top 1% has a dirty bird group of cohorts that all have their own specific taste in what they are doing as people that are above humans because they're better. Maybe it's children, maybe it's men, maybe it's young girls, maybe it's teens. Who flipping knows? But they all have it. They all have their taste. Maybe they want to strangle them. That'll cost you extra, but we can get you. To, we can get it. Look up Juarez, Mexico. There's a. There's a podcast, it's called The Red Note. The woman who organized it and kind of oversees it and puts everything together, the announcer, or what, I don't know what you would call it, the officiator, the person. She was actually in prison. She was a reporter. She's not given up. She's somewhere, she's undisclosed, she's streaming these. Um, it's a little hard at times because they used... Um, English as a second language uh voice actors to help with the authentic- authentication of the testimonies cuz they're all in Spanish which I totally appreciate and respect but i don't know sometimes the actors get a little over dramatic or different and you'll you'll see but um the corruption wow i think Juarez is like their uh I- I- I, I don't know. It's like, to me, it's the hub of everything evil. And sadly, all the, the people are caught in the middle of it. Just, you know, you're just, your kid might get taken. Like, get over it. We'll find him in the desert eventually. Or they are probably somewhere in the trade, because that's also been proven there. But the police aren't going to help. Judges aren't going to help. Anyway, it's been happening since 1993, that's when it started. And there's also, like, different cartels coming in and out all the time. There was actually a a war between two cartels one time, and 3,400 people were killed just within, like, that fight. Mm, Carry on. It's 10 miles over the border from El Paso. And when you look in Texas, the two bottom counties, I remember looking at them when I was uh, deep in COVID communication and uh, study and understanding it for what to report to the company and ultimately the community. And I started clicking through our health site and I found this website that had this like index number. It's like from 0.1 or something to one. And it was this like indicator of like, what are your chances there? Like, what are your chances you're not gonna die? What are your chances you're not gonna be on drugs or you're gonna have a job? Or there's even going to be an adequate home for you to live in, let alone a school. And there's probably not going to be any doctors or medical place. You're going to have to leave that county to go seek it. So they rank all these counties in the entire country. And you can, like, hover on every county. And then they, like, the closer in you scroll, like, if you pick a state and start scrolling in, then the counties laid up, and then you see all the different colors. And they vary from, like, a one to a 1. Guess what? I have searched and searched and searched and searched, and that thing's gone. I cannot find it again. And I'm so upset because I would have screenshot the hell out of it. But there's these two counties that are right on the Texas border between border, there and Mexico. And there's other pockets. I found a pocket in Oregon. I'm like, what the heck? Why would you be in? You wouldn't think Oregon. Of course, West Virginia, because, you know, that's the, that's the start of every human test on how the welfare system will work or not work. Just, you know, trash anyway to the country. Yeah, that's a whole nother talk, too. Oh, my gosh. See, there's so many pieces, guys. So many pieces. Whew. Anyway, these two counties, like point nine nine, Like, don't go there. You will die. So I start looking up the counties, and I start digging down the rabbit hole about what's going on with these counties. They've found over 600 bodies in the desert. It's like a 70-mile stretch between the first checkpoint and the second point, second Point check of crossing the border at least that's how it was like how it's always been before so it was basically like it was a second layer of screening because there were so many people coming through like coyote people and the traffickers and everyone so and they found like all kinds of bodies like and they weren't even all like some were Asian some were African American like not American sorry African whoa eventually would have been but didn't make it so there's this desert and all these deaths occur and that people basically pick them up and yank them and some people can't make it. they got to make it 70 miles across that desert on foot. And there's like no medical, there's crime, death rate, drugs. It's just basically a, I don't know what it is, hell. Hell. It's like, I think of those movies, like Queen of the South. It's like that. Oh, this poor families. Oh, and then the, the in Juarez, that's where all the factories are to do automotive stuff. So all the young women, you can start there at 12, they don't care. You work in that factories. It's called, like, it's like a, an industry complex. I forget what she calls it. It's, but... Uh, they all work there, and then they usually get picked up on their walking home or you know getting back to the family because they also have to live together because no one can afford to you know spread out, so you can be a young adult living with your parents, and that's fine, you raise your children there too, or whatever It's a very oppressed but you figure here you are oppressed, just trying to run a family, live a life. Mm, my gosh, plain sight. Insight. So, what if, what if, let's say, for every 10 people that are openly jumping through them rivers and running across, remember, there's thousands a day, thousands, which, by the way, they are scooping them up, putting them in buses, putting them in airplanes, and sending them to different hotels and places across the country that they are choosing And I'm wondering if it's based on the county pockets, because it seems to me they're moving on up to a new voting class. It'll say, remember what I did for you. Keep voting for me. You don't need an ID because IDs are racist. Meanwhile, I probably show my ID a half a dozen times a week. Hell, I just showed it yesterday because I had to get my plates renewed. I show it if they have to ask me in Tennessee if I'm old enough to have an alcoholic beverage. It's funny, when I was in the DMV, there was these signs on the walls that said it only takes one. And it was a poster of all these fake IDs. And it had all the numbers of terrorists in America. And how many identities they've stolen. And replicated with fake IDs. And it said it only takes one. That, my friends, is hanging in a government driver's license office. So the next time you ask if you should have an ID or how we should vote in Georgia, think about that. Why would would it matter? Why would you even make that an argument? And how does that have anything to do with race? That has to do with citizenship. You're proving your citizenship. I had to take... Two utility bills, a bank statement, my passport, my marriage certificate, my social security card, and go to the BMV to be able, oh, and my existing legit driver's license to prove to them I am safe enough as a citizen true and true, to get a little star on a new ID so that I can get on an airplane. And you know what I said? Hell yeah. That sucked. You'd think the system would know me by now. But I understand the screening process because I went in there and it was hilarious because there were people, you could tell, the the little tiny waiting room was like old days where you're all just like bumping elbows and it's packed. It's packed. You got your number and you're waiting for it to get called, and then there'd be some people that would walk in and be like, "Can I go stand over there?" And then you'd be like, "I'll just can I be outside?" <laughs> like, oh dear God, you're still walking into the room later on, girlfriend. You're just inhaling a little less. Anyway. The one guy that was acting that way was in like black pants with a black shirt. And he was tall and rather lanky. And I swore he looked like Clint Eastwood with his head hair short. I was like, is that for Clint Eastwood? Because you know how Hollywood people look a little different when you see them in person. There's like something about them. Or politicians. They always say, well, it's because you see them on TV so much and now they're in real life. I'm like, no, that ain't it. I've been around enough of them throughout my career... There is something different, and I think it's, I think, I don't know, I could be crazy, but I think it's their uh, lifestyle hygiene that does it, because they are, uh, you know, they're at the top of the food chain, and they're getting, like, what we would call a treat, like, i think i'm gonna get a facial on my birthday they'll be like oh i just do that monday wednesday friday because you know i need my pores to breathe on tuesdays like and i'm not trying to sound like it's a rich bitch thing i'm just trying to say like when you see them all and and then they're like see for me i love finding clothes on a bargain i'm like tj Maxx clearance rack (laughs) like and then or when someone says i love your dress i'm like it was nine bucks at walmart which again i just said walmart they're kind of in on it too but um You know, just the Waltons. They have a bank, too. It's got over a billion. Um, I want to get back to the whole border thing. The narrative, the influence, the contentional argument is if you're for the wall... You're not letting them babies in. You guys, I just talked about how we scooped up baby birds and found them a new nest and put it up in the tree so we could watch them grow. I love all babies. Every baby. Everyone should have babies. And if you're a couple So, I'm going to cry again. I'm so emotional this morning and it's This app, I guess, only allows you to talk for 60 minutes. I have absolutely no idea when it cut me off. None. And I've been pouring my heart out. Oh, well, at least I said it all out loud and it's out of me now, but now it makes me feel sad because it didn't get documented. And I really was hoping that it would help people understand the reasoning to speak truth in the nicest, most heartfelt way and look at it as a way to help help everyone whether they believe things or not to just not want to take it to the next level and figure out a way to compassionately handle it in a way that gets us all we what we want. What I was explaining for I I, I know this didn't get it because this was what I was talking about when I realized it wasn't even on. As I was talking about how when I was 18 I got a tattoo and I've had it redone twice. And I can't imagine at 11 years old telling my parents I've decided that I want to start taking all of the permanent therapies to alter my gender because I think this is what I want. And I believe that any adult free of their own will and free which is the whole point we're free wants to do something have at it because i do believe there are there are people that are born one gender into the other body i believe it if you watch the nine months that made us by pbs it's a beautiful documentary without even saying it it's not even saying any of that what it's saying to me is yes nature does change I mean, think about it. All of my eggs to reproduce are chromosome X, which is female. So all my eggs are girls, all of them. The male, which is another worry, guys. The phenomena of the pharmaceuticals and the effects of reproductive health. Um, But men are genuinely shooting either or. You know, they they've got X's and Y's, and when the Y, whichever one gets there first, that's what you usually chooses gender. So I'm in no, I mean, science, we have people born with extra fingers, extra limbs, weird, you know, phenomenas that we see in magazines and TV shows and disorders and things. I mean, nine months that made you PBS. I'm, I couldn't imagine being that person you know we don't get to pick our soul's suit so um, this is the one I'm in this is the one I've always been in my entire life when I look through a mirror I see me and I'm me getting older and older and older but I'm still me I'm still the same girl inside I've always been we're all still the same person we were inside which is why some people are just bred to be evil and climb their way to the top But, man, I'm so bummed. I don't even know how much I lost, guys. I was talking about all of the health care that we have to spend. And for what? And the drug commercial. My gosh. When you hear about all those side effects, that's, that's where I don't understand... we have accepted that we have to spend a ton of money for health care and insurance in the case that we develop very real illnesses that we are facing because they will they're extremely expensive and in some cases people have died because they can't afford them or as we've learned and are learning right now when it's finally coming out because other countries' data has been leaking. There were methods to treat coronavirus so that it wasn't as deadly. Although deadly, it's not as deadly as any of the big threes, which are heart attacks, diabetes. when I was a kid and maybe it's because I'm a kid I don't remember Alzheimer's being a word in my house or cancer or autism oh my gosh autism all the slathering of chemicals that we do everywhere the convenience of them all Big companies and corporations and CEOs that are just racking it in knowing, knowing that it's in our water, it's in our ground, it's in our bodies, it's a part of us now, we're becoming plastic. We're forcing everyone to think that we should be gender neutral. We're forcing everyone to think they need to pick their gender as young children still just being children. Ah, the innocence of children. You know, being a child built a foundation. I had a wonderful, wonderful childhood. Then I had a really, really rough patch of probably 15 years. 10, no, 12 years. And it's still taking me probably my lifetime to process and make right and figure it all out so that I can use it to make something good come from versus just having that experience to share and not evolving something beautiful out of it. But that childhood is what gave me that foundation to get through it because I had experienced like unconditional love and happiness and fun and you know I had those types of things to challenge the bad things that were happening so that I didn't accept that that's the way it had to stay. And because I didn't have to accept the way it had to stay, I knew that I could get up every morning and try to do something to make it different or better. Even though sometimes I fell back, I still went forward. If we already confuse them show them behind the curtain and let them see what kind of world we've brought them into of what's acceptable which acceptable things are like hey 30 years ago there was this thing where like half a million people were massacred and children in africa and we watched it on tv our politicians were there and actually made some deals with them all but all in all that that happened No, yeah, there's actually one gearing up again right now. And sadly, we need to get the immigrants in our country that are here and have acclimated the microphone. Because when they speak, it touches your heart. I have some of them on my blog. I call it a blog because everybody calls them blogs, but it's not a blog. just my documentation of stories that I put out on the website. That's probably why they say that word. It's easier. But it's out there, and there's several of them. There's Ukrainians, Cubans. um, they're, They're out there. Their fear is that there's nowhere else to go, and this is where they came to escape that, and now we're letting it infiltrate in here. And it's still all the same players at the table that did it for them. We need to review and think back to the, like them or love them, the the people that were assassinated who actually were speaking the messages we all want and believe and think the other is not doing. You know, like, even Martin Luther King said that it's not the color of a person; it's their the character of the man, and it's absolutely true. I tell my when you think about the criminals in our country, the ones that scare the shit out of you, the ones that like if if you're at a gas station and they're sitting there, you like want to just get by them. You're like mm-hmm. pants sagging, probably a wife beater, covered in all kinds of tattoos that are just chaos. It's like they all patched together until they all touched. Probably on the neck, probably on the face. Rough, probably got a cigarette in their hand. Maybe a Glock in their back, whatever. That is not a race, that is a culture for people that like gangs, thugs, and criminal activity. Every single race, which, again, race, what? Every single culture on the globe has that. And if you don't believe me, here are some references. Gran Torino. Clint Eastwood movie. Um... I, think, I mean you can pick any of our other like boys in the hood uh, American history X pick any zip code in those colored counties of higher than a 0. 0.7 and you'll find them heck I go to West Virginia and I'll see people with their pants saying oh my come on gangster thugs still scare the shit out of me Because they say, I ain't got nothing to lose. That's what they say. That's what their appearance, their standard, their tone, their vibe. And that comes in every color and race. And those are the thugs. Those are the people. And then you've got your other criminals that are funding that kind of lifestyle. You know, you got to move up the chain. And then you get to the drugs and you get to the shipments and you get everything else up there. That's what we need to eradicate from this country. I would absolutely love the concept of treason. Like, again, it would you would want it to be very humane and honest and upfront, but if <clears throat> if you're tried so many times to do things that are found destructive to the lives and the future of the country that you're a part of as a citizen and responsible for the upkeep of, and it's severe enough, whatever that severity might be, like I think about like when Jane Fonda sold out all those uh, Vietnam war, crimin- or war prisoners and they ended up getting killed because she turned them in for what they were trying to do to get her to help them rescue them. That's bullshit. I would have said, you know what? You are denouncing your citizenship to America right now and... I don't care, you can go live in France, or you can pick your house in Spain or Madrid, wherever you wanna go. And you can tell all of your producers and filmmakers that if you're gonna star in the next movie, they're probably gonna have to film it in Canada or somewhere else, because you're not allowed in. And you're not allowed in until you make one hell of an apology. And then, we want to hook you up with Mark Wahlberg and you can look at tunnels to towers and we want you to go ahead and just build a house for every dude on that list. Give them a house. Because they need them. They deserve them. It's a shame what we do around here. We accept it. It's like, okay, that's fine. But anyway, throw them out. You can't shit in your own bed and stay in our house. That's bull crap. If we legalized drugs, there wouldn't be a need to have any of that kind of a militia in here peddling them. They wouldn't have to have all that underground crap. Sad thing is, too, is people are recreationally using them and they just want us to suck on that alcohol because it's better it like it dissolves your kidneys and liver and everything over years and the taxes on it are huge so the more they keep us drunk and lucid the more they're able to push agendas and move things around but anyway i could keep talking and talking and talking you guys think about this oh, the plastics the cancers the diseases the autism we're all like hmm. well isn't that peculiar that this now exists and it affects such a high rate of boys and people. Yeah. Let's make a foundation. Let's do a .com. Let's ask for resources. Because we're not going to try and figure it out. I mean, we're going to say we are, but, you know, we'll just keep keep on keeping on. Oh, yeah, and then, you know, all the truth is out. It's truth. We used our taxpaying dollars to fund the Wuhan investigation on developing a coronavirus that may or may not have probably more than likely been what escaped and did all this to us in the first place. I wonder if BlackRock helps that. Does any of the investments or funding? I do know that I was told, I don't have any proof of this, but I was told that... The majority of investment real estate in in New York City right now is actually owned by China? Mm. I really could talk and talk and talk for hours. But at the end of the day, I am committed to finding truth, speaking truth, Because I know that there are people that are coming out, and the more that come, the more that come. And there's nothing wrong with speaking truth. You don't have to be in anyone's face or aggressive. It's not like, you know, I always think at work people are like, I don't want to be a salesman. I can't cold call. I can't. I'm not saying do any of that stuff. I mean, if you can, great. But I'm saying even starting with neighbor to neighbor, family to family, don't let the division continue. That's exactly what they want. Divide and conquer. We have gotten too wise. We are putting pieces together, pieces that we hadn't realized were there all along. And that must end. We must get back to work and stop so that they can continually funneling our dollars the way they were. But except right now, it's going to be upside down. Because these shutdowns allowed us to have them totally monopolize everything so that they can change our entire currency and the way it flows. We have a decision. The first decision starts with knowing that we have to even just start banning, just start banning, do a little research. Let's let's quit funding the corruption. Let's start asking for answers. Let's start reading into studies of things before we put them in our bodies and on our bodies and on our properties. And I'm not saying we've got to go all hippie and commune or anything like that. Even if there's just one or two things you can fix or take away. Just a little bit at a time. And when you hear someone being totally off the mark and not looking at the entire perspective and just repeating someone else's narrative... Because we're being indoctrinated by media and celebrity and that false vision of success being popularity and money. When true success is what you define it to be. For some people, success might be just having a family and settling down. It's most of us, right? It's probably the most attainable. It allows you the freedom of a career that you choose, that you're able to get to. We don't need that pursuit of popularity. And social media has really driven all of it. And I'm, I, I do miss seeing my friends and family's lives and what's happening with them. But at the same time, I like when I get to reach out to them or see them in person and connect that way too, because I can't be on it knowing all the censorship and fueled anger and hatred has become because it never became that before it wasn't like that guys remember it was sharing and then it became getting a blue check mark and then it became being how many likes you could have and how many fans I mean believe me I've been in media buying and marketing for 20 years I've, I've been there through the whole evolution of it and I used to teach how to do it I didn't know I was excited that it was new media that you could afford, and I didn't have to to justify your demographic with, you know, all the GRPs and cost per points and in a system that didn't make sense anyway. I always questioned how we found our ratings on the diaries of a .01% sampling of a market that always tended to be toward what I see now. It all makes sense, but I was in on it. I was like, oh, I'll buy it. This quarter part, whatever. Yeah. It's the machine. We need structure. We need leadership. We as a country are a business competing with 216 others for 15, whatever. We have a globe at stake, and we have a lot of countries in cahoots, that are all undermining one another and using us as the largest hedge fund investment push-through. We have become a corporate world, not a manufacturing one. We have outsourced our good-hearted people and lost the work ethic. And I don't know what to do about that. Because if we would just clean our own house and quit having the party, I think we would have been a lot better off. And now our hands are in so many pockets and our people are owed so many things that I don't know who's being blackmailed and I don't know who's driving the bus. But I know that everyone up there knows. I bet if you interviewed that top 1%, they could tell you who likes boys, who likes kids, who kills, who strangles, who lied and who manipulated a a fund that led to cancer. I mean, pick one of the dirty bird things that have happened in this country and they all know who it would be. But if you get that contract, if you get that offer, if you get that vote and they know you know and you still go, even if you were once a good intended person just trying to make a difference, You're now in the mix. And the last thing I want you to think about, because the last four years of what we went through was constant chaos, lawsuits, negative slinging, name-calling, slander, fights, accusations, riots, fires, celebrities bailing out criminals, And they're urging you to give to the funds, urging you to give more money, urging you to pay them to wish you a happy birthday and say your name on a Zoom call. Asking you to accept what you're seeing and what's going on so that you can be more like them who are living in their own private gated community with a wall around them and their own private security that they pay for to keep them safe with a monitoring system that's more sophisticated than we would ever be able to have. And know that thousands of people a day are coming through. Thousands, and it only takes one. But think of the thousands that are also leaving those that are coming in temporarily to do what they gotta do to get back out. Scary stuff, scary stuff. But it ties in to the investments, to the real estate purchases, to the weapons investments, pharmaceuticals, medical, hospital, sex trafficking, There's a lot of deals, lots of deals, that we'll never know about or we'll understand. And they're making us hate each other. I really want us to cleanse ourselves of all of this before we end up cleansed. Oprah used to tell everyone to buy land. That land is the only thing they're not making more of. Turns out she was right. They're all buying the land. And investing in it. So that they'll let us rent off of it like cattle. If we make it, I mean... I can't even remember all my stats. I think my stats are like 1 in 8 chance of getting breast cancer. I have a 1 in 12 chance, I think, of getting ovarian. Skin, I think, is 1 in something. Anyway, I'm sure once you mash them all together, I basically have a 1 in 3 chance of getting cancer, and then as I get older, it just gets worse. 50-50. If I don't have Alzheimer's in early stages of dementia, which is another thing that's happening to brains that people can't understand, no one's talking about all the plastics we ingest our entire lives that our bodies weren't evolved to accept. I mean, you figure we're similar to uh, the Native Americans. You know, they are notoriously known for alcoholism and diabetes and health issues. And we're extremely susceptible to the COVID virus. i from China. I, it, I hope that we can help them get themselves put to a place where they are educated, cured, and belonging and help eradicate the oppression that we have allowed them to live under knowingly once everyone woke up and realized this is insane. So what, I don't know, 100 years ago, 150 years ago? Should have been cleaning this mess up, shouldn't have happened. Should have been in peace the whole time. It's stupid. I don't, I don't even know what to say. Other than we have to remember because it can never happen again. And the only way it will never happen again is if we remember. And we need to remember what fell into place to make all that happen. To make people justify and accept that that's what we were going to do because we were being told to do it and we accepted it. Because that's not humanity. Same thing with the Nazis in Germany and all that stuff. And the rwandans and the ukrainians and the bosnians and the chinese and the tibetans and many russians we allow other people to strip other people of any type of freedom to have a life worth living and we all only get one who is me who am i to choose how you spend yours it's ridiculous so ridiculous. It's so ridiculous. I totally lost my train of thought. (laughs) Oh my gosh. So big. So big. We have to stop and look at what's happening and figure out what we can do immediately to help figure it out. I know there's people out there that can help figure out things, even if we take one thing at a time and try to fix it. But at the end of the day, we have to hold people accountable to treason. I mean, if you know a politician or a celebrity or someone knowingly hid solutions that could have saved lives, thousands, or is a tyrant that is constantly abusing and sexifying and doing gross things or has a reputation for doing really bad things to manipulate people in ways that profit them. And you proceed anyway. You vote for it. Because you yourself have something to lose if you do not because they are powerful and you... Want to be powerful like them? It's treason. You could lose your citizenship and find one of the other 215 to take you. Go ahead. Go to Liberia. Go to Mexico. Go to Guatemala. Go to Venezuela. You can go to Ukraine. Go to Bosnia. You want to go to Russia? You want to go to China? Heck, go live in London. Go live in Canada. I don't care. You obviously don't respect or love this place because you're not helping the greater good of the humanity within it. You're not helping your citizens, your fellow people. So, bye. And then we evaluate our prisons. If you're in there for non-violent crimes, let's figure out what they were and why. Get you out. Just get out. Figure out a rehab, reacclimation program. Invest all in that instead. I mean, if you're paying hundred and some bucks a day to have every prisoner in prison anyway, why not find another place to put them that isn't prison? We've obviously got the funds, and we'll have them now because they're not in there. Oh, and we spending trillions and trillions of dollars on other countries. Fix our own. Let's clean our house, guys. Then, next spot. Who's in there and shouldn't be? you got all these law students and colleges. Make them mandatory interns. Every single one of you cannot get your license until you take X amount of upstanding cases that need more investigation and determination. And uh, you can run classes like that a... Uh, Well, the show was called How to Get Away with Murder. But the concept was she was a professor of law students and they all had their own cases and they had to help her, but they were real crimes. Or heck, even podcasters. Podcasters love this stuff. Challenge podcasters. I mean, there's a lot of research people that'll put it all together and then you just have to have other people verify that that was truth and that was truth and that wasn't fabricated and blah, blah, blah. Might make it a little even easier and faster. Anyway... To get truth we have to have accountability and we have to tell people you're not nice and you're evil and we're not going to sell property to you anymore and we're not going to let this like i don't know we got to get ahead of it i'm open to ideas but yeah blackrock blackrock you're listening to oh hey heather tell me a story real stories real experiences by real people i hope you enjoy and there you have it another episode of oh hey heather i hope it has made you think of a story of your own or how you could relate to this one or if anything just something you could enjoy thanks everyone and have a great one